Solving the people puzzle for us is, is such a layered, complex conversation because the touch points around it is endless. And the majority of the audience here is HR. And the people puzzle is everywhere in your business. From the moment you try and attract, to make the right decision, to onboard, to develop, to retain, to move through a career path. And so the people puzzle for us now in our context is part of a conversation around where do we find talent? Because the people puzzle at the moment is linked for me, in my opinion, with the great resignation, with the talent pools becoming smaller, with the world that has changed in the last two years, hiring and finding people is the biggest people puzzle in my perspective, but it goes across the entire life cycle of the employee. So then let's talk about the state of play right now, because you mentioned great resignation. Do you guys see it or feel it in any capacity? I mean, one yes. of the things that's changed, if for nothing else, is that because of the remote work play, there are many South Africans compared to before that are now potentially able to work for international businesses, and so that's even, and those are often the best skills, but they don't have to move. Mm. So there's the great resignation for sure, and I want to delve into that. There is the fact that the talent pool on the upper end has always been a bit small, and so we've always done our best to keep those people, but now there's additional pressure from the outside. What is your state of play in the world of work in maybe two or three minutes? Mm. Look, I think firstly, um, a lot of our clients have spoken to us around, we need to develop from the inside. You know, um, headhunting, trying to find the small talent in the small talent pool is just becoming so increasingly difficult. The competition is up, the pressure is up, the way we work is different, the world is smaller, you guys know this in hiring. And so the state of play at the moment for us and what I'm seeing with our clients is a conversation around what can we do? How do we take control back? Where do we find initiative? To the extent that we can control it, right? Yes. I mean, we've lost individuals um, to, to other organizations where, you know, I give the employee a hug and I say good luck, maybe I'll see you in the future, because that's just the nature of it. But to your best uh, ability at the moment, what I'm seeing is a, a, a strong focus around what can we do? from our end? How do we think differently around people retention, people development, which is a big part of the people puzzle? Yeah, and I think that, you know, as a business owner, and now we've got our, our 14, 15 people here, like, it's, it's a daily bit of effort. So our friend, Eric Kruger, said something on LinkedIn earlier that I thought was really good. He said, you know, in his world, you'd be hard to find people in their individual capacity that don't have a self-development plan to become better. And yet he's not seeing that with teams. Mm. Teams don't have a plan to become better as a team. Mm. Like, there's no plan. Mm. And so it shows. And on the flip side, being on the other side where we have this team of 15 people, not just keeping them, but keeping them moving, bought into the vision. It's a daily struggle, and it doesn't just fall within the traditional arm of HR, does it? Because there's kind of this mal between HR, learning, people, like it's all, and then you have to be working for a great organization. There's a lot of questions around how companies acted during COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, people clearly from a great resignation perspective said, I have all this free time during COVID, and I was working myself to death. Yeah. And suddenly, like, I got a taste of what it was like to not have to work myself to death for a second. And I must be honest, I don't know if I like that anymore. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and of course that, that impacts organizations in a, in a big way. So I think what you're saying there around retention and then how do we build from within, yeah. 
is absolutely right, but of course easier said than done. Yeah. I want to just go back a step just before we kind of close up, which is around hiring, because I know you're not a consulting firm. I understand that you are a software business, but you do have this incredible insight. If you just look at that banner, those are just some of the companies that you're working with and many more. So you have these insights as to what people are doing around the hiring process, more specifically what companies are getting wrong. Mm. And of course, you don't have to mention names. We're trying to get to a solution more than anything. So could mm. you share with us around from your perspective, what are companies doing wrong through the hiring process? Mm. I think firstly, what's been so interesting to see over the last couple of years is the eight, and, and I'm generalizing now. I mean, there are some phenomenal organizations out there. Some of our clients are in the audience. But the majority of organizations, if I reflect back to where the innovation has happened, where the digital transformation has happened, it's not necessarily been in HR. The amount of clients that we deal with who are still hiring by placing an ad, some two or three poor individuals have to screen through CVs the entire day. Someone literally told me the other day, that's my job. I have to sit for eight hours and screen CVs. That's what they pay me for. And then from there, you know, we, we run these traditional interviews, round one, round two, round three, some organizations, seven rounds. And then we hope we make the right hiring decision. And then within the first two or three months, performance management starts, the individual doesn't work, and then now we're back to HR. And so to answer your question, I think what we're really passionate about is to help HR, and this is why solving the people puzzle and our podcast and everything we're doing to add value is to help HR understand the digital transformation as an enabler to get to a place where we are thinking outside of the box and thinking about hiring differently. You know, if you continue to do the same thing, you're going to continue to get the same things and the same problems and the same issues. We know the predictive validity of a CV is absolutely horrible. It's right down at the bottom with star signs and graphology. <laughs> it's literally the truth. But the entire world is looking at CVs. Why haven't we moved? And so, um, you know, what are they doing wrong? They're repeating the same patterns that they've always repeated. I had the privilege of speaking at Deloitte last week where I met an, an organization, and they're in the crowd, where they're using social media to profile individuals on risk and competencies and to start predicting job success. And when we hear that, we go, oh my goodness, no, you can't do that. That's wrong. Um, but it's a mindset around where is the world going? What is happening with AI, machine learning? And I'm not saying that there isn't a touch point for humans. Yes. You know, amidst everything that happened in the last two years, the one constant was us, okay? The one thing that we could control was us. But adopting technology and thinking differently around your interview guide, your interview questions, how you set up your criteria, your outdated job profiles that actually don't get used because we find a candidate, we say we want five years experience, this guy doesn't have, but we go with him anyway. Okay, so let's go back to the job profile and change it. So, you know, in the hiring process, there are five, six, seven, eight steps where you're looking at knowledge, qualification, experience, skills, behavioral competencies, etc. And you need to find tools that can help you fairly discriminate quicker by leveraging the data. And because before the trust, I used to have a digital agency and I don't have a metric even. So, but I used the internet really to upskill myself about the world and I pretty much learned everything I could from informal means. Now, a lot of people don't think that that's a valuable way because you don't get the certificate at the end and I've got an idea that says, I think we've got an over-obsession with the uh, accreditation 
I'm not saying it's not important. The reason I called the company Suits and Sneakers is because I thought the future of learning will be a blend between formal and informal education coming together. Mm. And what I know, for example, in the marketing space is that, for example, social media, the algorithms move so fast that if you go get a formal education around social media, basically you're successful from 10 years ago. It just moves too fast. Like, how do you get it in? Mm. And so I become hella obsessed with this idea around obsession. And one of the things I learned is that 50% of the people with degrees were rubbish and 50% were great. You know, sue me for the, the average. And the other 50% with no qualifications were great and the other 50% were shit. And so I started, we had to absolutely, when we got to about 40 people, we had to find other means. And one of the things that I found was twofold. Um, could I spend a week with them? to really observe them personally once we whittled down? And two, were they curious and were they dedicated to becoming self-directed continuous learners, consistently upgrading the software that, mm. I guess, gives way to... But of course, if I'd used the CV, to your point, that would have been... Yeah. Fran, I want to say thank you for being part of this, and I want to just give the last... So as we just bring on Brad, I want to maybe just give you the floor for exactly 90 seconds to leave a parting thought from your end. Mm. Uh, maybe a nugget or something that you would just like people to think about, maybe research, whatever it is. The floor is yours. These people are hella waiting for you. What would you like to leave them with um, from your perspective? Uh, thanks, Mark. That uh, wasn't part of the script. N none of it was. <laughs> I think um, I've been saying for a while that I, I would love to have a platform to speak to HR, and now you put me on the spot. Um, I really want to encourage the HR community in South Africa. And I'm going to make a statement. Please don't take this personal. Understand my heart around it. I often hear from line managers and other departments that HR isn't liked. Do you guys feel that at times? And, and I want to... <laughs> I want to help HR take back the control around that statement to say, that's in your control. We're in HR. That's in our control. How we show up, how we own the seat around the table, how we get to know the business and how it makes money is up to us. We're going to be perceived and continue to be perceived as admin paper pushing if that's what we continue to do. So leverage the technology that is available in all the areas at HR, obviously to your context and your budget, so that you can free yourself up and really start adding value. Yeah? Francois well, Devet, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode on Solving the People Puzzle. We are going to continue to interview phenomenal individuals from the industry. And if you don't want to miss out, hit the subscribe button, as well as share this with friends, colleagues, and family members who you believe can benefit from this content, helping individuals and organizations solve the people puzzle. If you would like to know more about Whamley, please visit our website at whamley.io or simply email hello at whamley.io. Until next week, ciao.